Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. fun today fantasy football Ernie we know we both played fantasy football for years Years. and years and years and and I think fantasy football in general has changed how people look at sports Mm -hmm. you know now that you have your diehard fans like you your Steeler diehard fans that are still religiously cheering for their team but I think the majority of the population now watches football on Sundays Specifically for players. (laughs) And NFL Red Zone is a game changer because people watch that just to see every touchdown to see how their players are doing. So we thought it would be a great idea to do a fantasy football show. Now rather than doing an entire fantasy football draft, what we're going to do is we're going to evaluate the major positions. We're going to share with you who we believe are our top 15 quarterbacks our top 20 running backs and wide receivers, since most leagues have more running backs and wide receivers, our top 15 tight ends, top 15 defensive special teams, and then we'll go through some breakout players, players that we believe could break out this year, whether or not it's for fantasy specifically or just in general. So by the time you're done listening to this show, we guarantee you, you will be ready for your fantasy draft, which should be this week for most of you. You'll be listening to this this week. I know I have a draft on the 28th, which is coming up on Saturday. Another one on September the 5th. Those are my two drafts, Ernie. I'm not sure if you're playing in any leagues yet that you know of. Um, But before we get started with the quarterback position, again, we encourage you, if you have any questions, comments, go to our Facebook and IG pages at Sports Rivals Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at Sports Rivals Pod. We look forward to hearing what you have to say. So Ernie, let's start with quarterback. And again, we're going to talk about maybe a standard league. Maybe we'll mention PPR type leagues as it relates to certain other positions. But with the quarterback, I think there's one clear choice. Who is your top quarterback? I mean, uh, to nobody's surprise, it's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, uh, just what what he's done, you know, since he's coming into the league for the past several years... Does it on multiple levels, you know, makes just the, he's the type of player that just makes everybody that much better. I mean, he has that it factor as far as, uh, you know, getting the offensive production going. You know, it doesn't, you can put anybody into his, in, into that Kansas City system. Patrick Mahomes will make sure that you flourish. He, he's, he is by far, in my opinion, the top uh, player. Yeah, in, in fantasy football. Well, I certainly think Patrick Mahomes is the best player. Um, I think what's what's weird about Patrick Mahomes, though, I have him as my clear number one as well. However, it's been three years now. His first year, and he threw for 50 touchdowns, he was the dominant fantasy player. The second year, he had another good year, but he was injured. Mm-hmm. The third year, he had another good year, but he missed some games there as well. So I think the key is, can he stay healthy for all 17 games? I think that's why Kansas City's investment in the offensive line bodes well for his fantasy statistics. So the other thing is most fantasy leagues or many fantasy leagues, including the ones that I play, oftentimes give bonuses for 40-yard touchdowns or 40-yard completions. And one thing we know about Kansas City, when you have Tyreek Hill there, 
many of his touchdowns are 40 plus yard right. touchdowns. So accumulating bonus points. Um, you also get bonus points at 300, 400 yards. I expect Patrick Mahomes to have a number of 300 and 400 yard games. So I have him as my number one. Not that clear over my number two, which is Josh Allen. You know, Josh Allen, I think the key with Josh Allen is that he's going to throw for 30 to 40 touchdowns like he did last year. But he also rushes or has the potential to rush for up to 10 rushing touchdowns. Mm -hmm. When they get down to the end, he's carrying it in. So he doesn't run as much as, say, a Lamar Jackson or a Jalen Hurts will be running this year, traditional running quarterbacks. But when it gets down to the 10-yard line and in, he becomes Cam Newton. Right. So... But unlike Cam Newton, he can also throw for 30 to 40 touchdowns right. you know, with that wide receiver core. So I have Josh Allen at number two. What are your thoughts there? I believe Josh Allen has will be figured out in year two, just like how all, every, all those other quarterbacks who, who, who had those uh, you know, double threat types of offensive, the, the Lamar Jacksons of the world, uh, going back to uh, RG3 when he, I mean, they, they, they didn't seem to sustain that after their breakout year. I believe the same is going to hold true for Josh Allen. I still think he's going to be, you know, a top five quarterback in what he does. Uh, but I don't think that facet of his game is going to be as big as it was uh, last year. I believe NF- the NFL is uh, wary of, you know, his potential to you know, be that uh, running back per se down in you know the, in red, the zone. red zone. Uh, yeah. They're 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 gonna spy him. They're gonna spy him with linebackers. And although he has speed, linebackers in today's NFL are faster. Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly think Buffalo would prefer that he not have to run right. per se eight to twelve touchdowns because that's the franchise. I mean, they've signed him now to a $280 million extension. That's the franchise. So Mm -hmm. they want to use his arm and not necessarily his legs. So if it's not Josh Allen at number two for you, if I chose Patrick Mahomes and you were up next, who are you taking? Kyler Murray. Yeah, I have him at three. I I mean, I agree. He's another similar one though. He Mm -hmm. could throw for 30 to 40. He could rush for 10. Um, But I think he's definitely more of a running threat. I I think Kyler Murray doesn't do it in the same fashion as Josh Allen. Josh Allen is right there in the red zone. Kyler Murray, 20-yard line, 50-yard line. He's more Lamar Jackson. Exactly. And the play doesn't even have to be drawn up. I mean, he's that type of player no i agree and i have him as my number three so i'm right there with you and it's a coin flip between kyler murray and josh allen for me the difference is one is five foot nine and a buck 85 Mm -hmm. and the other is six foot six and 250 (laughs) i'm afraid for kyler murray and his health can he if he runs a lot will he get hurt because one of his biggest assets is his feet true Um, but if he's gonna run and run against the likes of Aaron Donald, Nick Bosa, Bobby Wagner in that division. That could put him at risk. So that was my fine line, but I would have no problem. If Kyler Murray is sitting there in the draft for me to draft, I'd be stoked to have him. Now, many draft predictions for the quarterback position has Dak Prescott at number four. I have him more at like 10 or 11 for me. What are your thoughts on Dak? Is he a top five quarterback or... 
if, if you're going based on last season prior to his injury, I mean, he was putting up, I mean, he was putting up an argument that he's top two or three as far as fantasy football yeah. is concerned. Because Dallas was always down like 30 points at halftime right. and then he was just, right. just you know, just, backloading just, things, it, just stacking it, fantasy points. It, exactly. I mean, he was basically fantasy points or in, in, in you know, what I call empty calorie stats. You know, and if, if he's going to be the king of empty calories, that's that might hold true. I don't, I don't think uh, Dallas will be in those types of games. Yeah, I don't see Dallas being as bad as they were defensively right. last year. Remember the draft? We did the draft show. Right. They invested all their draft picks on defense, so they put a lot into that. Zeke Elliott has come back in very, very good shape. He looks to be in better shape if their offensive line stays healthy. I don't think Dallas wants to put everything on that. Yeah. We saw what happened last year when that happened. And he's already been out the whole preseason with a shoulder. So that, you know, scares me as well. Mm -hmm. So I have Dak sliding down. For me, the next tier after those first three will be people like Russell Wilson, mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Right. Um, and then Justin Herbert for me. Because he's like a Josh Allen mm -hmm. in that he's going to run for some things, but he's not a running quarterback by any stretch. But he does get running yards. Um but I expect him to have a big, big season this year. So I have him at six, right before Lamar Jackson. Wow. I have actually Lamar Jackson uh, having a rebound year. Not that he had a terrible year last year, but I really think, uh, you know, I think I really think that he he blossoms this year. I mean, he's shown me that he's more than just a runner. Uh, he's, you know, he he can he can play that pocket quarterback position. I really think that he's going to have a, a big year. As much as I hate the Ravens and, you know, don't wish any success <laughs> for any of their players, uh, he is fun to watch. He makes, he makes, he makes it he makes exciting. exciting. And, I, you know, I, 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 I believe that he's, he's going he's gonna to boss him. I, I, I actually have him fighting with Russell Wilson for that three spot. You know, as far after Kyler Murray, yeah, after Kyler Murray, and okay. and, and then I, I put in Josh Allen. Josh, Josh Allen, yeah. Stuff. See, and then with Aaron Rodgers, you know he's going to throw for a lot of touchdowns, like he did last year. And and the, the thing with Aaron Rodgers is, you know he's not going to turn the ball over. Right. So you're not going to get the negative points for interceptions because he just does not turn the ball over. And I think that's something that Lamar Jackson still does. And depending on like one of the leagues that I that I am playing on, you have minus one for a fumble. And minus three for a lost fumble. So if you lose a fumble, you lose four points right there. Mm -hmm. And Lamar Jackson does put the ball on the ground. You know, and then again, if you get sacked, you get a minus point. So some of these quarterbacks get sacked a lot. Kyler Murray took a lot of sacks, you know, last year because right. he's scrambling around. That's negative points there. So um, I have Lamar Jackson right there. Any of these things could be flipped around. You know that Lamar Jackson is good for, at least, if he's healthy, at least 800 yards, probably 1,000 yards rushing, I would think, with a 17-game season. That's going to get you rushing points. So just rushing points alone, he's going to be valuable. So I understand that. I get, I get why you have Lamar Jackson there. My Ram, Matthew Stafford, I have him at 9. Um, he's not going to run for anything. So everything's going to have to be with his arm. And I'm still unsure which way McVay is going to go. Without Cam Makers, I think we're going to be a dominantly passing team. Mm -hmm. Although he loves to run. I just don't know if we have the run assets to, to keep the ball out of Stafford's hand 35, 40 times a game. So I have Stafford right there, followed by Tannehill. Then I have Prescott. Then I have Brady. 
Um, again, Brady, does Tampa Bay play him all 17 you know, games this year? Are they going to be so far ahead that they rest him? Um, are they going to just run things? Then I have your Baker Mayfield, Roethlisberger, and Joe Burrow, the other three guys from your division right there as well. I don't believe Ben... Like, if Ben is in the top five for fantasy, I think Pittsburgh's in trouble. I agree. If Ben finishes where I have him here, I think Pittsburgh's in great shape. I agree. Uh, I'm going to agree with that. You know, Ben Ben had his, his uh, you know, 5,000 passing yard seasons. I mean, that, that you know, he wants to win a Super Bowl. I mean, he, he's definitely in the sunset of his career. Uh, I, I believe with... Uh, yeah, uh, you know the drafting of Najee Harris that he's going to uh, you know put those statistics aside for the betterment of the team. I, and I agree with you. I think he's going to be a more efficient quarterback this mm-hmm. year. I think it, the the run game is going to be more prevalent than uh, it was in years past. And I think Ben plays a little bit more conservative. Not that he is a turnover machine, but I believe that he plays a more conservative yeah. type of offense. Uh, he'll still. Sh- Fling the long ball He'll down. He'll still take his shots. He'll still take his shots, but I think if it's going to be anything, he's not going to underthrow the ball where he, yeah. you know. If, if and, and, and I if believe the, the screen game that has been missing since the good Le'Veon Bell was there about four years ago, that has not been there. So he's pushing the ball down the field all the time, which leads to the turnover. Najee Harris is great out of the backfield. I think that screen game becomes very, very relevant. Short passes that are safe that turn into long gains. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't expect Ben Roethlisberger to be in the top five, and I think that bodes well for your team. Yeah, so, yeah. gang, traditionally, fantasy football, running backs go first. Running backs, running backs, running backs, running backs. But I believe that the quarterback position could determine most championships because it's a passing league now. Right. You know, we're passing the ball a whole lot more, and most teams have shared backfields where you don't have that dominant Derrick Henry. There's Derrick Henry, and there's a couple of those, but for the most part, you have two, three guys that are rotating backs. Um, So you don't have the dominant running backs. It's very important, whatever draft you're in, to make sure you understand what the scoring is like and how points are being awarded. In the leagues that I play in, including the one that I'm a commissioner in, I'm all for passing, and and I make it easier for the quarterback. Um, than in some other leagues. So right. that's important for you to understand. Make sure you know what the rules are and how you're drafting. I believe draft. if I had a draft, I'm drafting Patrick Mahomes 1. I'm drafting Josh Allen and Kyler Murray 2 and 3 before I go to any running back. That's right. how I believe. Right. right, and as you mentioned earlier, I mean, I, I, I played in leagues where you don't get minus points for for turnovers. It's, it's, it's all based upon, uh, you know, getting that positive yardage yeah. irregardless. Yeah. Uh, but my, my, my league differed in the fact that tight ends were at a premium. And you only get those few tight ends. So basically, if you didn't draft a tight end with, with you know, one of the top five, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're kind of out on left field on top of that. So yeah, so I think that's where you got to really understand yeah. the rules. Exactly. If you're playing in a league, especially if you're putting money down, make sure you check out that scoring in the settings to make sure that you fully understand. Because draft night can make or break you if you draft wrong and you mm-hmm. don't understand what the rules are. So that leads us to the running back position. The most prevalently, like we talked about, usually the top six, seven picks are all running backs. Um, Who's your number one running back, Ernie? I have to go with Christian. Even though he was hurt last year, I mean, the guy just does it again on, on, on on, on different facets of the game. The running game, the passing game. I mean, put him in as even, uh, you know, 
any position on that offensive other than the offensive line. I mean, the guy can the guy can basically play it. I mean, I he can possibly even throw for a touchdown <laughs> based upon what I've seen in seasons past. The guy just has it all. He's very electric. He is, and and he can do everything. You know, he, he can run it. He can catch it. He can be a thousand thousand guy. But here's the thing for me with the running back situation. I think just generally speaking. Just generally, the rankings go something along the lines of McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, mm -hmm. Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, somewhere in the top four. Those are your consensus top four players. Um, so let me run through what I believe are the top 10 in my eyes. Okay. You, know, you have McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, Kamara. I believe Najee Harris is in the top five. I believe he has that kind of potential. And then I have Nick Chubb. Jonathan Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones. That's who I believe. Now, the problem that I have is all of these guys can be injury risks. Mm -hmm. McCaffrey was out last year. Dalvin Cook has had his ACL yes. torn twice. Yes. He's dominant. He's brilliant. But he gets hurt. Derrick Henry doesn't get hurt. He's been fairly consistent the last three to four years, but he doesn't really catch a lot of passes. And we know that running backs fall off a cliff after you run as many times as he runs. So there's some concern there. And then Alvin Kamara. This is the first time he's going to have to do it without Drew Brees. Exactly. You know, so that's going to make a difference. Is he going to be able to count on the 800 yards receiving and the 80 catches coming from Jameis and or Taysom Hill? So I believe there's questions there. Najee Harris, I believe, is going to be a stud. I expect big things from him. Nick Chubb, I believe, is one of the best flat-out running backs. Mm -hmm. If he didn't have to share time with Kareem Hunt, he would be my number one running back because Kareem Hunt is a definite threat there, especially in the red zone. They tend to give the ball to Kareem Hunt mm -hmm. in the red zone, um, or they throw the ball to Kareem Hunt down in the red zone. So that takes away points from, from Chubb. And Jonathan Taylor, I believe, is a star in the making. I think you run in behind a healthy Quinton Nelson, if he comes back healthy, he's going to run for 1,500 yards. And then Zeke Elliott, does he come back? He's supposed to be in the best shape of his life, um, but it's been three years since he's been much. You know, So is he the same Zeke of old? I don't have him in the top five like others do. I have him a little bit further down. And then Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones can do it all for the Packers, but he always gets banged up too. So any thoughts there? Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll start off with Zeke. I think his career is going to be on the downside. Uh, out of any position in the NFL, we've seen, I mean, quarterback, I mean, the running back position is where uh, you have the least longevity as far as success is concerned. I mean, uh, we've seen it with, with, the, with the great ones, I mean, where they just, I mean, they, they drop off fast, uh, yeah. we, which means, I mean, look like at my Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, look mm -hmm. what's happened to them all on their second contracts. None of them lived up to it. Oh, no. And, and they, they, they all played well. Oh, yeah. So, as, and, and Zeke is in that category now. Yeah. So, uh, if Zeke even makes it into the top 10, you'd uh, be surprised. I, I, I'd be shocked. So, there's a couple of guys that are in most people's top 10 that I wouldn't touch unless they somehow fell. Which they won't because people are gobbling up running backs. Saquon Barkley uh -huh. and Austin Eckler from the Chargers. Mm -hmm. I've seen Austin Eckler in the top five for some people. I just don't see it. Yeah. The guy's a scat back. He does catch a lot of passes, but he's always hurt. So I would not invest a first or a second round pick in Austin Eckler. I would take my chances that he's not going to explode and I'd pass on him. Saquon Barkley has had major injuries. injuries. 
I mean, a bad ACL, and he took a long time to come back from his ACL, unlike some others that bounced back quickly, like your Devin Bush. Saquon seemed to take a little bit longer. He's like more like Joe Burrow, who struggled uh, coming out. But he's had a devastated ankle, a devastated shoulder, um, which is so bad for him. Right. Know, because he's such a talent and an incredible worker. I hope he does well. But many people have him in the top 10, and I just I wouldn't touch him. I have him at 18 at the bottom of my wow. running back list because wow. I just don't want to take a chance in somebody that's injured. If you draft in the first three rounds and you lose a player to injury, that's tough to that's overcome. True. That's really that's hard true. to lose one of your top three picks in the draft to a major injury. So I wouldn't touch him. But anyone that you can think of in the second 10 that you think um, let me just read off my second 10 real quickly to you, and okay. then you can comment. This can go in any direction. I have DeAndre Swift uh, from the Lions because they're going to be getting blown out. I think he'll get a lot, catch a lot of passes. Okay. Antonio Gibson from the Washington football team. J.K. Dobbs, Dobbins is now going to be the lead running back in Baltimore with uh, Mark Ingram now in Houston. Mm -hmm. Then I have Eckler there. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I believe, is going to break out this year and mm -hmm. move up. This is probably a little low for him um, than Josh Jacobs. Others have him higher, but because I don't believe in the Raiders like you do, I have him dropping a little bit. Even if I like the kid, you may have him higher than that. Then I have Joel Mixon that I don't really believe in his health, the ability to stay healthy. Then in my homework, I have Daryl Henderson. Yes, Daryl Henderson, the Rams backup <laughs> running back who's going to be the lead back now. I have him there. Then Raheem Mo uh, Mostart. And Kareem Hunt runs out my top 20. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start off with J.K. Dobbins. I really think that that guy has uh, tremendous... I, I, I wanted the Steelers to draft them. I'm very happy that they waited for Najee Harris this year. Uh, I believe he has a breakout year next year. I mean, the guy showed it last year. I mean, he, he is a very... Very talented uh, running back. And he's explosive. Yeah. You know, so he takes things to the house. Exactly. And like you said, uh, now he can take full reign of that show, you know. And, uh, you know, I believe that he'll, he'll do very well. I, I would say that uh, I would put him somewhere about seven or eight uh, on my draft board yeah. as far as running backs with their potential. With, with the, yeah, with their potential. I, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I, and I like Clyde Edwards Hiller. I think that's, uh, I think, where did you have him? Like 16, 17 yeah, or something? Yeah, but I think, like that. I think that's probably a little low for him. I think he's probably going to be better. So, gang, you guys are in trouble. When Ernie and I start agreeing on things, you know you probably want to go in a different direction. But I think <laughs> we're all on the same page here. I mean, there's really nothing that we've talked about in the running back category that is too di different. I like Dobbins. I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well. Yeah. Uh, what about Barkley? If you had a draft chance to draft Barkley in the I, third or fourth round, would you take him? I, I, I would. I would. I, I, the guy is just too talented not, not to, to take. Yeah. Not to take. I would hate to be the person. Now, as your first pick, maybe I, you pass. Uh, on your second or third pick, if he's, if he's still there, I would definitely take him. I mean, the guy is just... Two, this this is a type of talent. I he could easily be top five if fully healthy. Yeah, I mean, if fully healthy and he's right. Saquon of old, then yeah, he's a top five talent. But he'd have to prove to me first this year right. before I invest in him. 
to do that. And then the other thing, gang, I, I, I kind of this is my personal opinion. I kind of stress enough that the running backs are not going to win you fantasy championships. I honestly believe that. Mm. I believe in quarterbacks, and after that, and this is how we'll transition. I believe it's wide receivers. It's a passing league. If you look at the the passing totals or the receiving yardage from the top uh, wide receivers last year, and you compare that to the top running back totals, the top receivers dwarf in terms of the yardage. And then, of course, you get a point for every reception in most PPR leagues. In most leagues, I think, are PPR leagues now, so you get a point there. Okay. And, uh, and But 15, 20 guys are going to get 100 passes this year, so that's 100 points right there. And then more touchdowns are being scored via the air than on the ground. So I think unless you have, like, a Derrick Henry... Or that's really it. That's the only guy that doesn't get hurt that I can think of that's relatively safe. Ernie, after the quarterback position, I'm drafting run, uh, wide receivers before I even go running back. Wow. I'm, I'm going doing the exact opposite. Because there are so many wide receivers out there, I believe that you can wait in the later rounds. I believe if you do not have a quality running back there, now my, I, I, I heed your warning in regards to them getting injured. But if you don't even have one of those top running backs there, you're not going to get them. I can miss on a, on, a, on a wide receiver in maybe the second or third round. Still pick up somebody who could put, put up 1,000 yards, maybe 8 or 9 touchdowns in the third or fourth round. I mean, they're just that much more plentiful. I put the premium on the running back there. Okay, so uh, wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Who do you have as your top wide receiver? Tyreek. So do I. I mean, most people have Devontae Adams, but again, the top four guys have been relatively consistent, or the top five. Generally speaking, you've got some combination of Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins um, as your top four, and then that's where it kind of deviates. You know, you, For me, I have Tyree Kill one, Devontae Adams two, because as long as he stays healthy, he's going to get 15 touchdowns because Aaron Rodgers knows how to find him. Mm -hmm. I have DK Metcalf as my third. I think he's already a Pro Bowl caliber player. He's the fastest player probably. In a straight sprint against Tyree Kill, I think he beats him. And he's just a monster. monster. And they have so many weapons now that I think he evolves into that number three fantasy wide receiver. I think Stephon Diggs is going to accumulate uh, catches. He had 120 catches last year. I don't think that changes this year. But he's not as explosive down the field. So you don't get that 40-yard bonuses and then 40-yard mm -hmm. touchdown bonuses that you do with Tyree Kill mm -hmm. and DK Metcalf. You don't get that with Devontae Adams as well, but he's good for 15 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. That's that clockwork. Uh, and then DeAndre Hopkins is another one that will get you 100-plus catches, but he's not normally stretching the field a lot. He's more of a possession type receiver. So after Tyreek, who do you like? I I mean, I like all the guys that you mentioned. I really like DK. DK needs to learn how to just run straight with his assets. I've seen him make too many smaller back moves. The guy is a monster. I believe the guy is 240. You don't, you, that's as big as most of the linebackers, middle linebackers out there. And he does. he just has to if he plays like a as big as he is, and he is a huge monster, yeah. he will deserve that number two or three. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think so. I mean, that guy has 2% body fat. I mean, I have 2% body fat in my chin. I mean, the guy <laughs> is just an incredible physical specimen. Now, I surprisingly have, as my number five wide receiver, Minnesota Viking Justin Jefferson. He had the second greatest rookie wide receiver uh, yardage in history after... Um, 
Randy Moss. Mm -hmm. He had almost 1,500 yards last year, Justin Jefferson. He was dominant down the stretch for the Vikings, and I believe he is going to be on the trajectory to be a superstar. So I have him in my top five. I'm probably going to stand alone there. But this is where things get interesting. I have people in my top ten like A.J. Brown. I believe he continues his matcher. Can you imagine Jordan Ta'amu from Pro City, Hawaii, who played for the University of Mississippi? Mm -hmm. While he was there, he had D.K. Metcalf on one side and A.J. Brown on the other side <laughs> on a college team. That's just crazy to me. And Elijah Moore, who was drafted this year by the Jets in the second round. The three guys were there at the same time. Um, I also love C.D. Lamb. I think he's going to blossom this year into Dallas's number one wide receiver. Uh, Calvin Ridley is now number one with Julio Jones gone in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And then the you know Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Tampa Bay, they have so many weapons. That could deflate their fantasy value because there's too many people there. And Brady will spread it around. Mm -hmm. No one is going to have 20 touchdowns. He will spread it around pretty evenly, so that will retard their growth. And then I have my Ram, Cooper Cup. <laughs> Cooper Cup there at number 12. So any thoughts on the wide receiver position? Anyone that you want to highlight? I, I will highlight my own. I know. Which is Chase Claypool. I believe he's going to sneak up there. I mean, the, the guy has already shown that he's a combat receiver. I mean, if he doesn't catch the ball, you're basically, you're basically uh, committing a pass interference. The guy was number one on deep balls versus, uh, in relation to pass interference calls. Yeah. I mean, because he's big. He's, he's big and fast. He's big, exactly. He is basically, he is he is basically, yeah, a, a tight end in the receiver's body. You know that that is is just that. Forget red zone. The red zone. He makes the red zone start from the fifty yard line for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh yeah. So I like Chase Claypool as well. So I have him in my top twenty here. Um, but in regards to your Steelers, in most. Uh, fantasy previews I've seen in the wide receiver position, he's not the number one right running uh, wide receiver drafted from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is it Deontay? It's Deontay Thompson. D Johnson. 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 He yeah. is the one that is going first of all three Pittsburgh wide receivers. Uh, could be. Uh, I'd rather have Claypool because uh, uh, yeah. I love his size and I love his speed and I love the deep ball, the deep threat. Again, those bonus points. If you have a bonus point league, I think he's the direction. Yeah. If you don't, if it's straight PPR, I think Deontay's going to have more catches. I think they're going to have similar catches, and here's why. I believe that the running game, uh, that offense is going to change. I mean, before, they didn't have a running game. They have, the Pittsburgh Steelers were, I believe, 28th in, in NFL rushing last year. So that's, that, that's why they passed a lot, and these guys got, uh, they got, they had more than their fair share of targets. Okay, uh, that's going to change with Najee Harris in their, in, in their uh, you know, in the, on their roster right now. That's going to, I believe it's going to totally flip-flop. I don't think there's going to be that many passes. And the passes that they do have, they're going to lull them with their running game. And then they're going to go deep. And, if, the, the and if they're going to throw it over the top, it's not going to be Deontay. Deontay is, you know, he, sometimes he plays slot. Sometimes he, he, he plays the Z out there. Uh, it's going to be Chase Claypool. Though he... The guy had three touchdowns in one game. Yeah. I well, mean, it's... I, I, love, I love Claypool. He, he, I mean, I still think he should be around, but <laughs> he's not. Uh, my, my, my prediction is anywhere from 12 to 15 touchdowns this season. I, he'll that have, wouldn't surprise he'll me. He'll have the most touchdowns on the Pittsburgh, on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and I don't even put uh, Johnson for a second. I believe 
Juju will be second. Will be second. Could be. I mean, there's three very, very good wide receivers. It's right. how Ben, right. how comfortable you are. But you're right. I mean, I think the running game is a threat, opens up the deep pass, and Claypool will benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Others that I have listed here, Keenan Allen, I think Terry McLaren uh, from the Washington football team will benefit from having Ryan Fitzpatrick there. I think he'll be his favorite target. Allen Robinson had a great year last year uh, for the Bears. I think he's there. Um, Adam Thielen, Thielen from the Vikings has been good for the last few years. Julio Jones, I have him down towards the bottom of my top 20. He has to prove to me that he can stay healthy. Then I also have Debo Samuel in there from the 49ers. The thing with Debo and his counterpart, Brandon Ayuk from the 49ers, is so many of their completions are actually running plays. You know, where they're getting the ball right behind the line of scrimmage. So you're getting both running points and receiving points from them. So I think he benefits from that. So that's how I see the wide receiver position. But I think up top, Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Hopkins, I think are studs. For me, any of those top five, I draft before I draft the running back. Wow. That I mean, that's just how I look at it. Yeah. Can you tell I love... Air raid offenses. <laughs> I love passing offenses. Well, well, I'm not a ground and pound person. Well, well, let me ask you this: as far as the new the new kid on the block, which one of the 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 draft picks do you think will fare the best as far as uh, fantasy points? Well, from a straight wide receiver position, I think the thought would be be Jamar Chase. Right. And Jamar Chase has struggled so far. Uh, in camp, but that could be because Burrow's Burrow, not there right. yet. Burrow's not up to speed right. yet. So if I had to guess between, if you're talking about the, you know, those that went in the top ten, mm-hmm. you know, were Waddle, Devontae Smith, and Jamar Chase, I still think Jamar Chase is going to end up being the best of the of the bunch from a fantasy perspective this year. I think Waddle has a chance to to do well, um, but he gets banged up too, and he got nicked up in a in a preseason game. You know, this week he came back, um, but I worry about his ability to stay healthy as well as Devontae Smith, who's been nicked up. Um, so I think Chase would be the smartest play from a straight wide receiver position. But the guy that I think will be the best. Tutu. No, no, not from the wide receiver position, but just an overall pass catcher from the rookies as we transfer into the tight end position. Okay. I think Kyle Pitts is going to be the oh. best overall receiver. In this draft. So let's go to the tight end position. I have the standards, you know, at top two, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. I think with George Kittle injured last year, I think Kelsey is the near consensus number one tight end. Uh, With Kittle's the number two consensus tight end. Right after those two studs, I have Kyle Pitts. I believe he's already number three when it comes to to the tight end position. Because when Matt Ryan gets down deep, he no longer has big Julio Jones to throw to. Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley's small. Their other wide receivers are small. I believe every time they're in the red zone, it's going to be a jump ball for Kyle Pitts. And there's nobody that can stop him. They, they can't. They can't. He's, uh, as far as physical aspects are concerned, he, he is better than the top two that you mentioned in regards to Kelsey and Kittles. But I mean, he's a freak. Ky- Kyle Pitts is, is a generational tight end yeah and I wouldn't be and I I totally agree with you putting him in the top three and I think that guy could fight for a top two in my opinion yeah could, I mean I, I would be surprised if he doesn't get a thousand yards and ten touchdowns this year yeah and that's an incredible yeah. year for a rookie tight end yeah. 
Um, but I think that's the floor. I, I was just gonna say that. I think that's the that's that that's kind of lowballing what I believe his uh, offensive. But if he remains healthy, that's lowballing him. Yeah. And then of course after that you have Darren Waller. I think is the next guy yeah. that many people talk about. Mm -hmm. After that, it's kind of a free for all. So for me. You know, the rest of my top 10 had TJ Hawkinson. Now, if he was with Matt Stafford, I would have a little bit more faith. Now he's got Jared Goff, so I question, is he going to continue his ascension? I hope. I have him at five. Logan Thomas with the Washington football team. Big, used to be a quarterback in college. Mm -hmm. He's really starting to blossom in the tight end position. Yep, I like Mark him. Andrews for Baltimore. Tyler Higby from my Rams. Got to throw a homer in there. Irv Smith from the Vikings. Evan Ingram, Noah Font, those are people that I have in my top 10 to 12 before Jaseki, Gobert, Hooper, and Robert Tunyon to round on my top 15. Nothing that gets me excited. No. So if you love the tight end position, to me, you draft one high. Like you played in a tight end league. Most leagues are not tight end tight leagues. But if I have an opportunity to draft a, a Kelsey, a Kittles, or a Pitts in the top five rounds, I'm going to do it. Oh, yeah. If, yeah, if because, I, I, because like you said, there are way more wide receivers than there are running backs. I think there are way more running backs and wide receivers than there are quality point-producing tight ends. I think you're looking at three to four point-producing tight ends. I would draft a tight end in the top five if I have a chance at Kelsey, Kittles, Pitts, or Waller. Yeah, if you give me Kelsey, Kittles, or Pitts, I'm doing it in the top three. I'm top three rounds if I have the opportunity on top of that. And uh, I agree, I'm going to agree with you. Waller is an up-and-comer on, on that Raiders uh, offense. He's he's just improving, and he's, he's shown that uh, he's not afraid. The guy has the guy has breakout games where he, you know you figure where, where is this guy coming from? And he right. just he just has massive production. Skips some weeks, of course, but you know when he blossoms, he puts up really big points. I'm going to throw out to you, and this is going to be a uh, a homer opinion. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna say the second second tight end to be drafted in this year's NFL draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State. The guy is. Uh, he's had a good preseason. He's had a very good preseason. Two touchdowns in their second preseason game. Or exact, third preseason and game he was that. targeted three times in the red zone, and Ben Ben missed him to be honest. Yeah. On that, on that third, he does not drop anything. Yeah, he does yeah, not I, drop I like anything. Him. I mean, I, I like him. I think he could produce. My only trouble with him, and he could easily be in the top fifteen. I have no problem with that. I just don't know if there's enough balls for him to be relevant in the tight end position. But but you're right. I think for for me, after the top three, maybe four guys, there's a big drop off, and it's hit right. and miss. Right. You're going to have some weeks when they go crazy. I could see your tight end for the Steelers that you're talking about get two, three touchdowns one week and do nothing for three or four other weeks. And the same could be true for all of these guys that we just listed. They're not the consistent stars that Kittles and Kelsey exactly. and we believe Pitts to be. Exactly. So that's where I think you got to jump on one of these four guys early. If you can get one of these four guys, you said top three. Certainly if you can get one of those in the top four rounds, I think Pitts will probably drop a little lower than the others. Um, I think you go ahead and grab them at the expense of a wide receiver two or a running back right. one or two mm. for that matter. So, defense. 
I already know where you're going <laughs> with your number one, with your number one defense. But just spit out to me who you believe. You know, I have Pittsburgh as my number two, but who's your top five defensive teams? Uh, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll give Tampa Bay uh, a second. I, I don't, I don't, I really don't think it's close. I, I, like I mentioned in previous shows, I Father Time is undefeated, and I believe that uh, that's going to play a major role. Even though that that Tampa Bay defense does have depth. And everything, uh, their their over their abundance of players that have, in my opinion, uh, are maybe more on the wrong side of thirty, uh, will drop them down. Now they played very well late, and in any given game, one game, they can produce lights out. I just think in the in the in the facet of just looking at this as a 17-game season, game in, game out, when everything is settled at the at the end of the season, who has the most defensive points? I think it's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I mean, mean, it could be. I mean, I, I, I have them right there. Yeah, I mean, they've they've they they lost Bud Bud Dupree off of that edge. Him going to the Titans, they got better. Yeah, they got yeah, they got when, when, when you can push Melvin Ingram, a multiple Pro Bowl who's still playing at a good part of uh, at a good level right now to the bench. That is a good edge team. That is that is excellent depth. Then you bring over Schobert from Jacksonville. Again, another uh, Pro Bowl linebacker, Paramount with Devin Bush, one of the fastest middle linebackers in the entire NFL. That is a great linebacker. That's, to me, and, and, and guys, the team that had the most sacks, number one in sacks, the last three years, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, so again, if we go back to know what your scoring settings are right. and what, how the points are being set aside. You know, if you're playing in a league that values the sack, and, and you have more than, say you have two points per sack, then definitely you got to look at that. Most leagues have one point per sack, three points for an interception, or three points for a, a strip sack, uh, fumble recovery, those types of things. So I, again, gang, you got to know what your scoring settings are before you go ahead and draft these things. Now, my top five, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, the Rams, the 49ers, and the Washington football team I actually have in there for the reason that they have... Chase Young and a lot of other pass rushers, so they're going to accumulate some some uh, some stats. I believe Pittsburgh probably has the best overall defense, but the reason why I have Tampa Bay one over them is I believe Tampa Bay is going to be winning almost every game, so they're going to be playing from the lead, and when they get ahead, all of a sudden they're going to turn loose all of these guys. They're going to start to get more sacks. They'll probably get more interceptions. They'll probably get pick sixes because they're going to be up by such right. a big amount. Right. You know, so from that perspective, I think they're going to score. But because they're going to be ahead in most games, they're going to give up a lot of yards. So And they may give up a lot of points. So I think Pittsburgh will have a much lower per game scoring average. I think Pittsburgh will give up less yards per game. But I believe big leads will translate into massive amounts of sacks, interceptions, and pick sixes, turnovers that will lead Tampa Bay to be a slightly better pick than Pittsburgh. But you can't really go wrong. I mean, I think the Rams yeah. are going to be able to put pressure. Rams have a great secondary, a great defensive line. Um, the 49ers, if they're healthy, they're going to put a ton of pressure on people. Nick Bosa is a sack 
um, strip sack artist right. that gets you additional points. Um, Cleveland, same thing. Anytime you have Miles Garrett, you're going to be able to get a lot of sacks and you're going to get points there. Um, but it's interesting. But I knew you'd be all excited about Pittsburgh and deservedly so. <laughs> but still, I don't draft a defensive team until the back half, the back third of the draft. Right. I, I, I always make this rule. Wait for the run on defense. Yeah. I mean, hopefully you're in that right part of the draft where there's still, you know, a formidable... To me, in my opinion, if you can get one of the top five, top six defenses, you're in good position. Yeah. After that, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. If you, if, if and you, it's week by week. Yeah. And, and, and you might as well wait for your final draft pick to get the defense if you're not... If Getting you, a kicker. If, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely the, that type of situation. Because you're right. I mean, unless your scoring settings are geared towards the defense. Right. You're probably going to wait until the very end of the draft to grab your defense. So I don't think there's a massive difference from what I have at 15 at Kansas City and what I have at 5 at Washington. They both could be the same amount of points. Washington could have better weeks because they play in a weaker division. And those are things that factor in too. Uh, yeah. They play in a division with a lot of strong offenses. And Pittsburgh does. Cleveland's got a great offense. Baltimore's got a great offense. Um, Cincinnati may, may get there by mm -hmm. the end of the year. That's different from the Washington football team playing against... Well, Dallas has got a good offense, but the Giants are a struggle. Philly. The Eagles are a yeah. struggle. Yeah. You know, so those kinds of things matter. Who are you playing on your schedule? That's something you may want to take a look at if you're considering a defensive team. Pop up their schedule real quick. See how many good quarterbacks they're playing against. If they're playing against 10 to 12 Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks... You may want to choose another defense. Yeah, and because those things matter. Exactly, and if 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 you're picking a defense in the top seven rounds, I, I wish you luck. <laughs> Are you saying if Pittsburgh's there at the top of the seventh round, you're not jumping on their defense or anything? All right, so gang, that's kind of the main positions. If you have a defensive player position, I mean, there's so many to choose from. If I had, this is just one tidbit. If I had to pick a defensive player. My first defensive player I would choose would be Devin White from Tampa Bay. Wow. Here's a guy who had 150 tackles. So generally speaking, high tackles give you high points. Plus, he had five interceptions or so and 11 sacks. So he had 11 sacks, five interceptions, and 150 tackles. That is massive point accumulation for a defensive player. That's who I would take. Although I don't think many people have him top of mind when it comes to a defensive player. No, I that's just an extra bonus for you guys if you're playing with a defensive yeah, player. Yeah, no, no, and I, I agree with that. When you rattle out those stats, it's like, how can you not miss him? You know, that's, that's uh, you know, especially with the, the number of sacks, that's that's better than Kuro yeah, from a middle From a middle linebacker to have that many sacks right. is, is really incredible. Again, we're not wasting our time on kickers. Again, that'll be your last pick. You'll take whatever kicker is available. There's really no kicker that I would draft that's ahead. Some of you may be homers that really love a particular kicker on your team. I would draft them last. I would take whoever's left, pick a kicker, because generally speaking, the top kicker to the bottom kicker or to the middle kicker in a draft between 1 and 12, you're in a 12-team league, or 15 in a 15-team league, is negligible. And sometimes the junker teams produce the better fantasy points because they can't get it in the end zone, so they're kicking field goals all the time. All right. So well, that's something to consider. Well, and, and other than actually uh, picking, what is your best strategy during you know during the season as far as 
maybe possible trades or looking for some deals out there? I'm always looking two to three weeks ahead mm -hmm. uh, and I always have my eye towards the playoffs. So that's the other thing. When are your playoffs? Do you play in a league that plays through the end of the season or right. do you play in a league that starts their playoffs a little earlier? Because that matters. Because if you're going to take, say, Tampa Bay uh, and you're going to take Tom Brady as your top quarterback, Chances of him playing in week 18 in the 17th game is very, very slim. Because Tampa Bay should be running away with their division. So he's not going to play. So if you go into your Super Bowl without your quarterback, that's something that you have to be concerned about. Right. So again, look at your schedule. And that matters. Like Patrick Mahomes, he may not be playing in the last week of the year. So if you take him one and you get to the Super Bowl, he may not be playing. You have to understand that. So I think making sure that you draft players or balance your team that you're not all with stud teams that could be resting their mm -hmm. players i think that's one thing and then draft for value what i mean by that is if a if a quarterback if a if you drafted patrick mahomes but kyler murray is still sitting there somehow in the fifth round i would draft him and i would leverage him into a better position that i need I would go and get a wide receiver from somebody. I would trade him and or Patrick Mahomes. So I wouldn't pass. I wouldn't draft specifically for need. Sometimes there's players there that you just have to take and leverage them into a better player that you may need down the line. Mm -hmm. Good advice. Good advice. My, my advice to you is uh, if, if you have ever the opportunity, try to handcuff your guys. And, you know, most experienced NFL, I mean, uh, fantasy football guys know what I mean by that. But basically what I'm trying to say is, if you draft somebody who is really important, like he's, like uh, Monty thinks the wide receivers are, uh, get get another person on the team just in case of injury. And it, I think it, it's really pertinent that you do that on the running back oh, and, yeah. and the quarterback side. Yeah, you you lose that quarterback. You, I mean, and though that will be available to you, you know, as far as no one drafts the second string quarterback. Get that second string quarterback before you get your kicker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's great advice. I mean, especially, you're right, especially in the running back position. Because if you invest in Christian McCaffrey and he goes down, and it's going to be hard to get any good running back, if you're going to draft Christian McCaffrey, then one of your bench players should be the backup running back for the for the Panthers. Exactly. Um, or, or, or same thing for Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, etc. Right. And my, my, my second advice is, like what Monty says when you're looking at your schedule, to me, look at your schedule, not for, not for just that. Look at the teams that they play, okay? So when we mentioned top defense, defenses out there, if there's a player out there that played against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the LA Rams, you know, the Washington football team, and the production on certain players aren't great out there, you can try to make trades, they, there are guys that are just trigger happy in regards to, okay, I didn't win the last three weeks. The guy I picked too, too early is not making production, not knowing that they played against the number one pass defense, not knowing that they played against the number one rushing defense, not knowing that they played against the number one defense in regards to sacks. That all matters because the next game, it's the law of averages, okay? So they, it's not going to be consistent production week in and week out definitely look at that strength of schedule in regards to why did my players really ball out during this stretch of maybe three or four games why another player didn't ball out during the stretch of those stretch of three games 
And it will likely come down to the fact that, hey, they just played up some good defenses out there. You may be able to get on that trade line and really get a steal. Yeah, and, and that, that's good advice. And then I think, too, like you said, looking at the schedule, I think, really, really matters. And then oftentimes, young players, rookies, running backs. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm high on Najee Harris. He's not going to be the fifth running back taken, I'm sure. But even players like last year, Jonathan Taylor, mm. down the stretch, right. he carried your, your fantasy playoff team. Mike Camakers for the Rams, who are so sad, dominated the last four games and into the playoffs last year. Young running backs sometimes take time. Who's this year's running back? Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, Michael Carter. Who could it be that carries you in the playoffs? That's something that you, know, you need some time to develop. Justin Jefferson, last year, huge year, but he didn't start off that huge. He picked up from halfway through the season and exploded. So identify somebody like that and make a trade. And on the flip side, sell high on old players, whether it be a running back or a quarterback. Like if Ben Roethlisberger, if I draft him and he starts off like a ball of fire, I'm going to trade high because he's proven to me he cannot sustain it for all 17 games at that fantasy level. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady, same thing. I would invest in Tom Brady three-fourths through the season. I'm going to trade him. I'm going to dump him because I don't expect him to be playing at the end of the year. And I expect him to be taking it easy down the stretch because they're going to be ahead. Dump the old players early after they have a good start. So free advice from the sports rivals exactly, here exactly. on our fantasy show. Ernie, that was fun. That I was. Mean, we love fantasy football. We've been playing fantasy football for a long time. And again, we turn to you guys for your feedback. Are we off base? Do you agree? What is your strategy? Do you go running back first? I go, I go quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, then running back. I may be off base, but that's my strategy. Mm -hmm. What is yours? So go to social media, Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and, and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. Share what your strategies are. And maybe next year, Ernie, We'll create a sports rivals fantasy would, football league. That would be fun. And we'll open it up to people. That would be fun. And you'll have your chance to see if you can beat Ernie and Monty in <laughs> fantasy football. That's something we'll gear towards for next week. So, gang, in two weeks, we have our NFL preview show. So, that's something that we're excited about. We wanted to do the fantasy show first because most people are starting their drafts. If not this week, then certainly by next week. Well, our preview show will come out right before the game start on Labor Day. That show will be released. So we're excited about that. Yes. We encourage you again, check us out on social media. Share the Sports Rivals podcast with all of your friends. We're determined to be the fastest growing uh, sports podcast in the United States. But again, until next week, the Sports Rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear.